Hi, I'm Pastor John, and this is Millerville Community Church. On Easter Sunday morning, we're here to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a little different kind of Easter. We're still dealing with a COVID-19 pandemic, and a lot of you are in your homes. I hope today that as we share this service with you, that you will find the encouragement and the hope that you need, knowing that Jesus has overcome the grave and sin and is victorious in our life. It is traditional every Easter Sunday for Christians around the world to greet each other with these words, He is risen, and you respond with, He is risen indeed. I'll say that, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Very good. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we invite you to come, even now, to be real amongst us now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, uh, to enter into these living rooms and into this message that we might sense your presence and your power amongst us, that these would not just be words today, but that you would come and speak to every heart that they might be, uh, have an encounter with you and be moved by you to know and to understand what happened so long ago and what is happening right now. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Today we're looking at uh, the passage of the resurrection and we're looking at, uh, at Luke chapter 24. If you want to find your Bibles and open up, that would be a good place for you to begin. I want to tell you about a person that is more important to find and to know than any other individual on earth that you could ever seek. If you're looking for someone who has all the answers, that knows everything you need to know, a person with insight and clarity to comprehend all the mysteries that you are wondering about, if you're looking for someone who has power and authority and can do all things, then you need to find this man. Compared to him, this person I'm talking about, experts, thinkers, successful people are just children playing with Legos compared to this man. He's very real, he has power, he's an influencer, he's a general of a vast army, he is a frightening judge of souls. He can look at you and cut right through all the pretend in your life and see who you really are. And despite all this, despite all this power and authority and an insight and judgment, if you were to find him today, if you were to come into his presence, he would greet you like a friend and make you feel like You've known each other for years. He would embrace you. He would want to invite you home to share a meal with him. He would want to visit your home. And he would like to know everything about you. He would want to invest in your life and in the things you're concerned about. He would want to make such a difference as to change your life and even change how you see yourself this most important person in the world wants to meet you. You need to find him. 
nothing else really matters as much. If you seek him, you can find him. He's not very far away. He's really close by, and he can be found. And if you find him, if you actually get in a meeting with him, you can ask for anything you want, for anything you need, and he will take that and listen. When you come into his presence and you stand before him and he looks at you with his eyes and everything is revealed to him, you will find yourself changed. You will be a different person. What you thought you needed and desired will seem very different before him. You will feel exposed. Your eyes of his looking upon you will just cut through all the pretense and the acting in your life. When you stand in his presence, you'll rethink your whole life. You'll begin to wonder what you really need in life and whether what you wanted to ask him for is what you really should be asking for. It just being with him changes who you are. And you'll begin to ask yourself what is really true and what is real. And what can you really build your life on? This man is more important to you and to the world than you could ever imagine. And each person must seek and find him for themselves. Many have tried to find him, and many have failed. And many have sought him for all the wrong reasons. Some are threatened, some are jealous, and some people just have grown to hate this man and not love him. If you don't seek him, if you don't desire to meet this most important man in all the world, then you will hate him and want to destroy this amazing transformer of lives. You either love him or you hate him. The question is, do you want to find him? Would you like to meet him? Great. I hope you do, because that's why he sent me to you today. This is why I'm here right now. I want you to meet this man, and he wants to meet you. He knows you by name, and he's asked me to make this presentation so you could meet him. He's aware of you. He's aware of what you need, and he, he's aware of what you're seeking in your life. He knows so much about you already. And the most important place to begin in this journey is probably to know his name. His name is Jesus Christ. Let's start looking for him. The Bible tells us of other people who looked for him. And many found him and many missed him altogether. Some grew to love him so much and others grew to hate him and didn't want anything to do with him and tried to erase the memory of who he is or the reality of who he is right now. So let's look at the Bible and see what happens in these journeys in their lives. Finding him is more to do with us than it has to do with him. It has more to do with the barriers in our own attitudes and hearts and minds than it has to do with the mystery of who this man is. He's actually easy to get to know. He's right around the corner if we can overcome the difficulties within our own heart. 
we're going to pick up a story in the Bible. It's an Easter story, and it's about a woman named Mary. And uh, Mary loved Jesus Christ, saw him arrested and crucified. She watched his blood drained before him upon the cross where he died. He, she saw him laid within a tomb and grieved and wept over the horror of what took place. And that was on a Friday. Now it's Sunday. And Mary is seeking to find this body of Jesus Christ, knowing that he had died and passed away. But this is what we do in our grief. We look for the people we have lost. Chapter 24 of Luke goes on to say, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened that while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly appeared and stood near them in dazzling apparel. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And then they returned to the, from the tomb, and they reported all these things to all the rest of the eleven. Mary and the disciples were grieving. They had lost their Lord and their Savior, the one they could touch and walked with and laughed with and saw miracles through and heard amazing things and their lives were changed. The Holy Spirit worked through them because of the authority and just being around this man and they had lost him to trials, to persecution, to whippings and to a death upon a cross. And they were afraid because evil had triumphed. This world had gone and everything was turning horribly wrong and there was very little hope left in them. They were always looking and wondering, what now? And they were looking where Jesus was not and they were missing him. They went to where he had left. He wasn't at the body anymore. He is not uh, in a lot of places that many of us are looking for Jesus Christ. If you go to at Christmas to the manger to find the baby Jesus, the manger is empty. On Good Friday, if you look to the cross where Jesus died, you will see that the cross is empty. He's not hanging there anymore. If you go to the Easter tomb, you're going to discover that the tomb is empty. He's not there. If you're seeking to find this man, you won't find him in a manger. You won't find him on a cross or in a tomb. The most important person in history 
of the world wants to meet you. He's waiting for you. And we keep missing him all the time because we're always looking where he was and not where he is right now. If you're going to find him, you need to know where he was and what he did. You need to know those things from the Word of God. You also need to know where he is going and what he's going to do next. In between those two points, he can be found somewhere between those where it intersects with your life. For most of my life, I've been telling people about the cross and about the tomb. I tell people about the wonder of what Christ accomplished on the cross when he died there for the pairing the penalty of my sins so that I can be forgiven and given a chance to have a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell people about the tomb, that he's no longer there, that he's resurrected and that he's alive and a well today and you can meet him and he can change you and give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. I tell people all these things and people don't really grasp what I'm talking about. They think they know the story that has been told a thousand and millions of times before. I have told the story thousands of people over my lifetime about Pentecost and the triumphant church and about how believers changed the world by sharing the gospel with so many people. But if we only look in the past, we will not find Jesus Christ because he has moved on. He is not standing still. He is a living person. He's not a statue standing still. Jesus isn't a tourist attraction that you can go visit like St. Paul's Cathedral in London or the Vatican in Rome. He is living and moving. He isn't standing still in one place for tourism. Where has he gone? He is coming to us to meet us. Yet if you can accept what he has done, the manger, on the cross, and in the tomb, you may be able to begin to understand what he is going to do next in your life when you meet him. We're going to go to the next passage and it's uh, found in Luke chapter 24, verse 10. And this is when we pick it up with Mary Magdalene. And uh, the story goes at verse 10 this way. Now they were, there were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, also the other women, women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, as they would not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only. He went away to his home marveling at what had happened. I can tell you this story of people who have seen Jesus. I can tell you stories of people who have met him and have been transformed him. I can do this and have done this many times. Better yet, I can tell you how I met Jesus Christ 
and how I continue to meet him every day of my life. He's around me all the time. I can tell you that Jesus Christ is my closest friend. He's my protector and my counselor. And I bet you could use one right now in your life. If you would only listen to what people have seen and experienced, then you will keep missing him. What good is that? All these things I could tell you and others. Like Peter, you'll marvel at the stories, but they just seem too good to be true. Encounter with Jesus Christ is so life-changing and radical, it seems nonsense and hard to believe, as it says in these scriptures, that when the disciples heard the story of what they witnessed in the the, what the angels had said, they said, it's just, it can't be true. It's nonsense. I can't believe it. It's too hard to believe. Even if the evidence is all there, they couldn't still believe it. If you only listen to what people say, then you can truly be lost. Peter took a step further than just listening to what they said. He had maybe in his heart, hoped that something would be different. He went to find faith. He went to find the one he had lost. And when he walked away from the tomb, he made a very important step. In his heart he said, could it be true? Now let that question linger in your heart. Feel the possibility and the wonder that Jesus is very close right now, closer than you could ever imagine, right where you are. Meeting him is not very far away. And if you will stay with me a little longer, you might actually meet him and just hold in your heart that maybe it's true. Maybe he is alive and wants to meet me. It goes on in the passage in verse 36 to say this, while they were telling these things, he himself, that is Jesus Christ, stood in the midst and said to them, peace to you. For they were startled and frightened and thought they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. This is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he said, to the, the, uh, when he said this, he showed them his hands, and he showed them their, his feet, and while they still could not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he said to them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and he ate it before them. Now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I still was with you, that all things which are written about me in the laws of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, they must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written. And the Christ 
would suffer and rise again from the day from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay here in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. You think you know this story, but do you know it? Do you know it as a myth? Do you know it as an historical event? Do you know it as a nice bedtime story? Or something has happened long ago? You will never meet Jesus Christ if you keep looking for him in empty tombs of the past. He's not there. He's moved on. If you think what part of this story is that not some of it is probably true, he probably died on the cross, and then you think parts of it is her fiction, like coming out of the grave and appearing to the disciples, what is possible and what is not possible might be filtered through your brain of what can happen and what can't happen, then you, if you do that, you aren't going to meet Jesus Christ today. Because when he comes, you won't believe it's happening. Even the disciples, when Jesus appeared in that room that day, found it difficult to believe. They thought he was a ghost, a spirit, and maybe even a, an alien trying to make first contact with them. You will find it hard to believe if you are limited by what you think is possible and impossible for a human being to accomplish. But Jesus Christ is more than just a human being. He is the Son of God. When he proves to you that he is real and alive and reveals himself to you, your amazement that this is possible may even keep you from accepting that it's real. But don't quit with me. He's still there. He wants to meet you. And he's so close now. Just let him open up your mind so that you can understand the mystery of what this is, that Jesus isn't just a story from the past. He's just around the corner, ready to meet you, and you're very close. If you could say, could it be? Open your mind to the possibility, and he can open your mind to understand what this is saying, and why he did what he did, and what he accomplished when he did it, and how he did it but more importantly, the why. And if you're asking, why did Jesus come? Why did he die on the cross? Why was he resurrected from the tomb and overcame death? Why did he do all these things if it's all possible? If you can ask that in your heart, then you can be ready for the answer because he did it all for you. Why? Because Jesus loves you. He knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he still loves you. Despite all the criticizing and negative and voices in your head that says you're not good enough, and despite all your successes and failures and opinions of others, none of that matters. He knew you before you were born. He created you. He loves you. And he gave his life 
because of that, because you needed to be redeemed. Now, this next part I'm about to share will open your heart to faith. In this moment, we stand on the edge of belief, and we're asking, why did he die for me? The answer will make you jump off the cliff into the world of faith. And the answer is, because he loves you. He is here telling you right now, with me simply echoing his words, I'm not creating these words, I'm telling you what he's already said, and as I say them out loud, you know that he's saying them to you personally. You can hear him within yourself, hear those words, because I love you. Jesus loves you. Let your heart break when you realize that. For these are the words that you want to hear, that your heart aches to know, that the Son of God himself, this most important person in all the world, not just wants to be your friend, but loves you. Collapse in a lump before him. Weep for joy like the disciples, for love, for faith. Fall in faith into his arms. Let go of what you have known and fall into the presence of Jesus Christ. Be in this moment. Let it out. Confess it all. Hold nothing back because he knows everything about you. What's happening right now is you're meeting Jesus Christ and you're meeting him in the only place he can be found. Not in a manger or in a cross or in a tomb. You're meeting him in faith, in your heart, in this very moment. This is the only way anyone has been able to encounter him, be touched by him, and be transformed by him. Stay with me just a little longer. Don't move on yet. And if you can bear it, don't let go of this moment. He, he doesn't linger long. He, he wants to move on, so every moment you get with him, hang on to those moments. He is moving on to meet others. He has a mission for you as well. He's got a task to accomplish, but this moment you have with him is really important. Jesus is alive. He's real, and he's moving all the time. And if you want to stay with him, you're going to have to keep up. You're going to have to listen to his call upon his, on your life. For he has a mission. You need to know where and to tell others where, you can, where they can find Jesus Christ in the same place that you just found him. He's just round the corner. He's waiting for an introduction. And you're the one that can give it to someone else. For he is risen. He is risen indeed. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here. We ask you to be here, and we know you are. The scales have fallen off the eyes of many, and they have stepped into your presence, and they know you, and they realize that you love them. Lord, there are, I hope, many that are letting that love enter their heart and are saying the words, I love you, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins, of falling short of what it is you want in my life, for all my character flaws, 
for all that I have done wrong in your sight. Wash me clean. Let the Holy Spirit come into me. Take me beyond myself. Let me be resurrected from death and myself into the glory of your love, of walking with you, our relationship with you, that will take me beyond this world, beyond the grave, beyond the limits of everything I have known. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. The Lord has risen. He has risen indeed. I pray that today would be filled with that glory. If you found this helpful and you think others would find it a good introduction to Christ, would you share this with somebody today and let them know the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed.